and welcome to Population Health Plugin, a show highlighting current public health topics in our community and things of interest to students across the university. My name is Elena Kidd and I'm a program manager in the Office of Public Health Practice at the UAB School of Public Health. Today we are joined by Dr. Amy Goss, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Nutrition Sciences at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Dr. Goss is a registered dietitian and received her master's degree and doctoral degree from the Department of Nutrition Sciences at UAB. She is also an associate scientist for the NORC in the Nutrition Obesity Research Center. Her research interests are related to obesity and energy metabolism with an emphasis on glucose metabolism, type 2 diabetes risk, and aging. She is here to talk about the keto diet or the ketogenic diet, which has gained popularity in recent years as a potential weight loss strategy, but is also being researched for potential use in managing diabetes, polycystic ovary syndrome, and Alzheimer's disease. Thank you for being here today and taking the time out of your schedule to talk about the keto diet. I always find myself very confused by all the weight loss strategies and diet plans out there. So I know that the keto diet is a low carb, high fat diet, but can you tell us a little bit more about what it is and how it works for weight loss? Sure, I'd be glad to, and thank you for having me. Um, so the ketogenic diet is um, a diet that is very low in carbohydrates, so starches and sugars, and it's very high in fat. And um, primarily the carbohydrates on the diet come from non-starchy vegetables and some fruit and some other things. But um, Essentially, um, the idea of the diet is to shift the fuel source the body is primarily relying on. So typically, if someone's consuming a high carbohydrate diet, the body will use glucose as its primary fuel source, which is derived from those dietary carbohydrates. If you take those out of the diet, then the body will shift over to using fat as its primary fuel. Um, and when this happens, essentially the liver um, begins to oxidize these fatty acids that are from the diet, and um, ketones are a byproduct of that fatty acid metabolism. So um, then the ketones are able, they're used as an energy source, they cannot be stored. So what you have is this circulating energy fuel source that other tissues in the body can use. Another thing about the ketogenic diet is that it does suppress the appetite. So as you end up eating less, and you start, instead of metabolizing the dietary fat you're eating, you do end up mobilizing more of fat stores from your body and using those for fuel as well. So um, it's, it's a very effective way to reduce body weight and body fat. Right, because you're switching your energy source from carbs to ketones. Yes, exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. And I know there are other low-carb diets out there, Atkins, Paleo, South Beach Diet, so what makes keto different from some of those other diets? Right, so some of the other diets, um, the main difference would be that they are higher in carbohydrate content. You really have to eat below around 50 grams of carb per day. And most of those diets, with the exception of Atkins, um, do allow higher carbohydrate content. So your body won't be in ketosis, and that's the main difference. Um, Atkins is, has slight differences than what we would recommend clinically. Um, so for instance, the Atkins diet tells you to eat protein until satiated, whereas we make sure people don't overconsume protein on a well-formulated ketogenic diet. So um, Atkins is definitely the most similar, but um, there are small differences um, in, than what we would consider um, a well-formulated ketogenic diet. 
And what are some of the health benefits that people may see if they stay in ketosis? And is there an optimal amount of time that someone should be on the keto diet or remain in ketosis? Is it a short-term or long-term diet change? And what happens when that desired weight loss is achieved? That's a good question. Um, so uh, the best answer I have is that it really differs for everyone. And it depends on your goals, how long you should stay on a ketogenic diet. Or um, for instance, underlying medical conditions. So um, if you just need to lose 10 pounds and you want to use the ketogenic diet to do that, I think that's perfectly fine as a short-term solution. You know, as, as long as you don't gain the weight back, you know, a short-term, it, it's a good short-term answer. People can stay in ketosis indefinitely and there are benefits to um, use of ketones as a fuel. Um, I think there's more and more research emerging to suggest what those benefits might be. Um, and I don't know, and this is what I typically tell people is like, a healthy person can do it, it's not necessary, mm -hmm. but there are, there are other disease states that it really might be beneficial and therapeutic for. Okay. That okay. And what I didn't know before I started really doing research for this um, podcast is that the keto diet has actually been around for almost 100 years, and it was um, introduced in the 1920s as a way to treat epilepsy in children for whom medication wasn't effective. Um, and recently, there's been an increased interest in the keto diet to treat other diseases like type 2 diabetes, mm -hmm. cancer, neurological disorders like Alzheimer's. Can you tell us about some of the theories behind why the keto diet might be useful in treating the disorders and what research has been done so far? Right, um, yes, so as you mentioned, the ketogenic diet has been along for, around for a very long time. Um, and especially in the field of type two diabetes, there have been a number of studies to show that um, eating that low carbohydrate can not only reduce A1C levels, but also help a person come off diabetes medications, which is very desirable for a lot of patients because what essentially happens is these drugs are very expensive. Um, a recent study, the RISE study, just published data this summer showing that um, even though you may be able to maintain lower glucose levels by the use of medications, it's still not helping to um, improve beta cell function, which is in its essence is we're trying to, uh, it, essentially, a type 2 diabetes is when the beta cells begin to fail and not produce mm -hmm. enough insulin. So medications, as I was saying, can maintain lower glucose, but these beta cells will continue to deteriorate um, over time. The good thing about the ketogenic diet is that it's addressing all aspects of diabetes. So it's not only lowering blood glucose levels, it's improving insulin sensitivity, and then it also, um, there's data suggests it may, that it may preserve beta cell function, um, which is a de desired outcome. There's a more emerging research about other metabolic diseases um, so it's, it's being very widely studied now for a lot of different things, such as cancer and fatty liver disease, really anything that originates with insulin resistance. And I'm sure we're going to see more things being published in the next right. yes. several years yes. around yes. this type of diet. And what are some of the pitfalls or potential risks for the keto diet? Are there any populations or people with certain health conditions that should avoid keto? I don't know of a specific disease that should avoid keto um, off the top of my head, but what I will say is that um, any individual that is currently taking type 2 diabetes medications or um, something for hypertension, like an antihypertensive, 
they definitely need to seek medical supervision before they start doing a ketogenic diet because there can be, for instance, in type 2 diabetes, if you're taking a drug that lowers your blood glucose, such as insulin or sulfonylurea, suddenly taking all of the carbohydrates out of your diet might result in a, um, a hypoglycemic event. So um, those are two situations that would definitely want to see consultation with a doctor about their medication usage while doing the diet. And is there anything else that you found in your research that might be interesting for our listeners? Um, yes. Obviously, I think my research is very interesting. <laughs> no, no, um, what, I, what I really think has emerged from the research we've been doing over the past couple of years is this idea that um, diet quality is just really important for the prevention and treatment of, of chronic disease. And, um, you know, we're in a society now where we're heavily dependent on processed foods and things like that. And um, it's possible that a change in diet quality, whether it be um, consuming a lower glycemic index diet or whether it's really just lowering overall carbohydrate intake and increasing the fat could really have a profoundly beneficial effect on um, disease prevention and even treatment. You know, we look a lot at different phenotypes of obesity and we've done research in type 2 diabetes and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and time and time again we see if we lower the carbohydrate intake and increase the fat that we improve metabolic outcomes. So. Um, I think there's still a lot we need to learn about how to help people maintain the diets, not like mm -hmm. a diet like that long term, because really to maintain the beneficial effects of anything, you need to figure out a way to do it, you know, yeah. for a long time. So I think those are really the main things that we're learning from the research we're doing here. So well, that's all very, very interesting. Some Thank great you. potential for, <laughs> I mean, public health. Thank so, you. Thank you for being here. It was great learning more about the keto diet, how it works, and how it has some potential for some big changes in public health. And thank you for listening. Please tune in next time for another episode of Population Health Plugin.